Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. It's quick, it's powerful. And Lord, this morning, I'm just praying that it'll change our lives. Lord, open our eyes and our hearts to the things of you. In Jesus' name, amen. That was pretty good worship, eh? Uh, it's like those words in that last song, you know, we are defiant. You know, we're defiant. We're not going to give in to this world or not going to give in to the circumstances of life because we're just standing in Christ and knowing that we're in him is such a powerful thing. Today, we're just going to continue on in the series on different types of prayer. And um, out of all of them so far, to me, this is one of the most exciting types of prayer or forms of prayer that we could have. And it's a prayer of agreement. Okay? So we're going to be looking at that today. Just a little overview. Every prayer needs faith in it somewhere. We have to have faith when we pray. But sometimes we're a little bit lacking, aren't we? You know, we're not quite confident in our prayers. And this is one of those prayers, a prayer of agreement, that is actually going to really help you, right? To me, it's very, very powerful. And it's something that if we grab hold of it, it can start to change things in our lives, especially, um, I guess, the, the most often place that we think about it might be in marriages, the prayer of agreement. But... It can be between friends, it can be between people that we're agreeing on something. And agreement is really powerful, isn't it? So let's just imagine you're in a, in a meeting and everyone's got these different opinions and it's like, well, let's just say it's over dinner, let's have sausages, let's have steak, let's have lamb. Three different things are happening and everyone's having their argument. There's disagreement, what happens? Nothing. But as soon as everyone decides all together, hey, let's just have lamb, well, let's have all of them, whatever it might be, all of a sudden something can happen. You find that the same in anything, don't you? Like your workplace. You get together, you start to meet, there's disagreements about certain things, but as soon as there's agreement, what happens? Things get done. In marriages, it's the same. Like, where, like the Bible says that um, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Marriages, relationships, can that happen? So that was from Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Can two people walk together without agreeing in the direction? What do you think the answer is? <laughs> it's actually pretty hard, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm going over there and uh, I'm going that way. Wait a minute, we're not together. It's so obvious that differences can cause great chaos, pain and tragedy in our life. You see, people don't split from marriages because of the lack of good looks in the other person. They split because there's disagreements on core things in their life that make it too hard to get over. And I want to talk a little bit about that later on. But it's not usually because people say, you know what, you're not good looking anymore. You know, whatever it might be, but there's some difference in core values that cannot be overcome and so they end up splitting because they just cannot agree. They disagree and then they walk in what? Different directions. Friendships are the same. When there's a core value that's attacked or, or destroyed or different between people, it's really hard to be good friends. Who are you the best friends with? People that agree with you, right? And I don't mean that they agree with everything you say. So, you know, you hear old couples like, 
you know, arguing about what they had for dinner in 1935. And, you know, remember when we went to this place and they gave us spaghetti for dinner? And they go, no, it wasn't spaghetti. It was noodles. <laughs> and the argument becomes about those little things, but the core thing is, did you have dinner there? Yes, we did. <laughs> There's little things, little details that aren't so necessary. But you also hear people that argue all the time, right? Have you ever heard of a disagreeable person? It's just like whatever you say, they're going to say the opposite. How hard is it to walk with that person? Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? So in marriages, make sure you agree a lot with each other. Make sure you don't have these petty little arguments that might build into bigger things because agreement is amazing. It's a powerful force. Think about it. Everything in this world happens usually unless there's one person that just dictates through agreement. Let's declare war on this nation. Let's get together. Yes, we're going to declare war and off the, the soldiers go. Let's raise a new tax. Or let's all agree together. That's a good idea. Let's do it. And it happens. Agreement is so powerful. It's so powerful. Because as soon as you come to this point of agreeing on something, it changes the dynamic and it goes from a thought to an action. This is what we're going to do. The same with churches. When we agree on the direction, like, yes, we're here for the kingdom of God, things happen. When we're here for our own selfish desires and what we want, things don't happen except for chaos. And it's the same in our prayer lives as well. Agreement is so powerful when we can find someone who can agree with us in something we're praying for. And I'm going to talk about that today and, and some of the what we call rules that might be around that, as when it will work and when it won't work. So let's go to Matthew chapter 18. If you haven't got a Bible, um, download one on your phone. If you, if you really don't have one, there's some at the back every week. When, when you come in, grab a Bible and sit down with it. And you can even take it home. It's yours to keep. Okay, some Bibles at the back table there. So Matthew chapter 18 and verse 18 to 20. I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And talk about that maybe a little bit later, but maybe not. I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you, for where two or three gather together as my followers, there I am among them. That's pretty powerful words, isn't it, that Jesus is just speaking. I'll tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything, you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. We already looked at the prayer of faith, which is by you, for you, about you, and prayed by you, for things from God. But this prayer is different because you're getting two people together and they're agreeing on something. And again, you can see how powerful that is just from those words concerning anything you ask. My Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Now, we often hear that, don't we, in terms of like gathering together, you know, it doesn't matter how many, if there's two or three, Jesus is there. And, and we often use that as the gathering together. But when you tie that to this prayer, it's really important to understand why 
Jesus is there. And this isn't a verse for where two or three gather together to make us think, you know, we just only want two or three because Jesus is there. What it is is comfort to us that if there's not other people, we can be assured that Jesus is there with us as well. And you can pray with agreement with other people. You can pray together and claim things together from God. So it is so powerful and that is why Satan definitely hates it when we come together in agreement in prayer and he certainly hates it when a wife and a husband decide we are going to pray together. And it's not just a separate thing. Now I just want to talk about husbands and wives for a minute. Coming together as prayer partners is a powerful thing in your marriage and for your marriage and about your family and for things in life that you have. We understand that singles can have friends and they can pray with, but I just want to talk about this in terms of couples. Why doesn't it happen? I'll tell you why. Because people get embarrassed to pray together because... When you pray together, you start to know your strengths, your weaknesses and your failings. But we need to overcome them so it gives us strength. For men, it can often be that we know that our wife knows how bad I actually really am. That I'm not this perfect man, that I'm not this perfect husband and have everything under control, that I lost my temper yesterday at the dog and, and kicked it and that you know I, I felt discouraged and down and I was just despondent for a while, wives, it might be the same thing, but we start to know that we have weaknesses and we sometimes say, well, I can't pray with my husband or wife. They know I'm a hypocrite. They know I'm a failure in life. They know that I'm not really doing everything that, that I should as a husband. But you really need to understand that that doesn't matter. Because the blood of Jesus, as I said this morning, paid for all your sin. And by overcoming that and coming together in prayer, despite your weaknesses, you will find a strength that begins to grow. Others are afraid to um, pray with others because they think you know, they're going to reject them or laugh at them. Their prayer's not good enough. You know, like, I'm not spiritual enough. A lot of women are worried because they're not really sure that their husband wants to be there. They feel like, I want to pray, and if I tell him, can we pray together? I don't want to ask him to pray. It's got to be up to him. Can you pray with me? For him to ask you. And a lot of women will hold back from asking their husbands to pray with them because they think, well, he's the head of the house. He should be doing it. What is that? Prayer is... Powerful no matter who prays it and no matter who calls it together, it's powerful. So ladies, I would encourage you, don't hide, don't go, I'm not going to ask my husband to pray with me because he really should be stepping up to the plate. Can I just tell you from being a husband, we are dumb sometimes. We really are. <laughs> Except for Steve, he's awesome. But sometimes we just don't get it. But don't hold that against us because most husbands really want to pray for their wife but... Sometimes we feel, honestly, sometimes husbands might even feel this way, that if my wife asked me to pray, then I should have been stepping up, but I'm not. And so again, I feel like I've been made powerless. 
I should have done it. I should have been leading. And so therefore, we almost feel like the wife's picking on us. You should have been praying with me. And we're like, oh, yeah, but... And we back off from it. Can I tell you, don't back off. Take the time to get down on your knees together and begin to pray. Why? Because prayer of agreement is powerful. It is powerful in this way because it helps us to pray with someone else to get the promises that they might be weak in. Has anyone ever played a sport where there's just one player or been on a work committee where there's one person? When you see their car in the car park, your spirit just grows with confidence. You're like, wow, they're at work today. Things are going to get done. I know that if they're there at that meeting, I feel confident to say things. I know when I played football, there were certain people that when they were on the field, everyone lifted. It was like you come on the field and even though that one good player doesn't make all the difference, together you all feel this elevation. They're in the team this week and you all play to this greater level than you could normally. It's the same with prayer. When you're praying in agreement, you might be really weak in one area. But then you know there's a Christian who's really strong in financial stuff and they believe in God's blessing that way, but you find yourself a little bit weak. You might find someone who's always filled with joy and they believe the joy of God can fill you, but you're a little bit weak in that area. The prayer of agreement helps lift your perspective in that area because you're hooking in with someone else who has faith in that place. It is okay for us to feel a bit weak. It is okay for us to feel a bit vulnerable. And it is also wise to go and find someone who has faith in an area maybe we struggle and go and say, can you stand with me on this? Can you pray the prayer of agreement with me? There's this trouble I'm having with my kids. Can you come and pray with me? I see that you believe that God is going to work in your children. I want that faith as well. Do you remember the man that came to Jesus? And he talked to him and he said, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. What was his cry? And what's your cry sometimes? I believe, but there's something within me that just finds us a little bit of a struggle. Help my unbelief. And so by going and praying with someone else that is strong in that area, what you're saying is this, I believe, but help my unbelief. Come and stand with me. But we can't trust everyone to agree with us. So let's go through a little bit of rules about the prayer of agreement. You can't pray unspoken prayers of agreement. Or if they're the wrong prayer. You need to have someone who agrees with you. This is really important because the prayer of agreement, that last word there, agreement, <laughs> is really important. You need to understand that people have different ideas to you about who God is, what he is, what he can do. But when you're praying a prayer of agreement, it's no good. Say, I'm believing that God will speak to my children, for example. 
I come to someone and I say, you know what, I just want to pray with you. Can you agree with me? I just want to pray that our kids will just know God and, and walk with him. And you pray together and they walk away and go, no, that's not going to work. Straight away, the seed is picked up. Maybe it's the prayer of healing. I remember going to pray for one guy in, um, in intensive care that, that was meant to die. But I needed help with that. I didn't ring someone who didn't believe that God could heal. How could they possibly agree in that prayer? So I rang two or three people that I knew believed that God could heal, that would stand with me whether it worked or not, but they believed that God was a healer. And I said, can you come and pray with me? Can you come to hospital with me sometimes? Let's pray for this guy. And they ended up living. But how many times have you been at a meeting or, or praying with someone and you're like, just praying, God, do this. God, touch how it springs. God, do these amazing things. We just thank you that your spirit is here. And then you walk away and you go, ah, oh, God can't do that. I don't actually really believe that prayer. It's important that you find people that believe with you, that believe in the same thing, that have the same outlook in that area. You see, if you came up to me and, and if you don't agree with them, you've got to say that as well, by the way. Look, I can't pray with you. Don't fake it. Just say, hey, man, this is a better person to pray with you on that area. I actually find a struggle myself in that area that you want me to pray, you, pray with you at. The prayer of agreement works like this. When you pray with it, you stick with it. And that's what you'll find. If you ever come out to prayer with me and, and I can say, yes, I can agree with that prayer, do you know what will happen? I don't walk away and, and not think about it ever again. What will happen is every time I think of you, I will pray for you. And I'll thank God for that thing that we've already prayed for. I will stand with you. Because we know that sometimes it takes a while for things to happen, for God to move, for, for situations to turn around and reverse. But do you know what? If you came up to me and said, can you pray with me about my children? I'm really worried about them. Firstly, I'd say they're God's. You have to let that care go. But then I'd say, you know what? I will pray with you that God will speak with them, that he will bring them back. We will pray the word of God over them. And every time I think of you, it might be a long time apart, it might be a short time apart, but whenever it is, I thank you, God. I do that. I pray for my friend's children. A lot of them probably don't even know. But I hold it in my heart and I stand firm in what I've prayed for. Do you remember how we talked about James, the doubly-minded man, the doubly-minded person? God said they're not going to receive anything from God. So when you pray your prayers of agreement with people, stick with it. Take it seriously. Prayer is powerful, but it requires people of faith to stand in faith for the things that they've prayed for. As I said before, make sure that you find people with faith in the areas that you need prayer for. Does that make sense? To go to those people, to find the faith-filled people, the prayer of agreement can work with more than one person as well. So when we're praying as a group of people, believers, when we gather together for a prayer meeting, we want to have that unity in prayer, don't we? Let's agree together. 
We've written some names down underneath the carpets over there. So I believe at the prayer meetings that these guys are having on a Monday night, that's one of the focuses of prayer. We're praying for the people under that carpet. What's the point of that? It's not to pray, oh God, I know that won't work, but this is just a bit of fun. What we're saying is we are putting a concrete action down so that we remember that every time we walk through that door, a name that we wrote down under that carpet is the person I'm praying for. We're standing, believing that God will act. Never, ever back off. Just want to talk about those core beliefs too, guys, with agreement. This is sort of a little separate to prayer, but it really impacts everything. And I want to speak to the kids that aren't married yet, people that aren't married. Because what you can do is you can be so drawn in by the outward appearance of things. That person's cool, she's gorgeous, he's hot, whatever it might be. You need to understand that there's something far more important than the outward signs that people exhibit, and that's the core beliefs. This is vital for your future. This is vital for your happiness and your well-being down the road, and it's no joke. When you get together with someone, you have to be very careful. The Bible talks about don't be yoked with an unbeliever. For those of you who are young, what does being yoked with an unbeliever mean? It means someone who doesn't believe in God, that doesn't believe in Christ. Because what happens is as young people, we just look at the immediate thing, but what about down the road? My core value is to love God, to go to church maybe. Maybe my core value is to discipline my children a certain way. My core value is that I pray to God and pray for my kids and my family. And if you marry the wrong person because you are looking at the outward thing and the core values do not match up with yours, you will end up miserable. Because you'll go, I need to pray for my kids. I can't go to my husband because he doesn't even believe. Does he believe that God created the earth? Does she believe that? Or does he, does he or she believe that we evolved from monkeys? But your core belief is, no, we didn't. What, what is it that you stand for? What is it that you really believe? Because I can tell you right now, the pain that it causes down the road is immense. When we are dating, when we are just going out, it's not so obvious because it's like we're just in love and we're overlooking all these things and, you know, we agree on all the fun things in life, but life is a long journey. If you don't establish what you believe now yourself for a start and then find a partner who has those core beliefs, then you are on dangerous ground because you are going to get hurt. It's important for all of us with our friendships as well. You know, how close do we get? What's your core belief? Do my best friends have the same core beliefs as me? Am I hanging with the wrong crowd because they believe something totally different? Of course we need to hang with everyone. But we're talking about who am I being attached to? Who am I being attached to? Because one of two things will happen. Either you'll be miserable and it won't work out or you will change what you believe to suit the other person and compromise and throughout your whole life you'll feel guilty, you will feel ashamed and you'll never be the person that God created you to be. 
because life only comes in him and core beliefs are vital. It's the same even for adults who, who might not be married. They're looking for that person. What is your core criteria for the person that you want to marry? Well, I've got this person in mind and this is the perfect person, but the character, the core beliefs of that person has to be the first and foremost thing because that is what is going to actually produce true love and real love and lasting love. And as we're talking about prayers of agreement, it's going to put you in a place to pray powerfully into situations in your life. It's so, so important. The other advantage is when Jesus is in the midst, you've got to always remember that because we're talking about prayers of agreement, but it says because where two or three are gathered on there in the midst, it has to be meeting in his name. When I looked at that verse, I sort of laughed a little bit, not because it's funny, but you know, where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst. When they're gathered in his name, that's true. But I was thinking... What is it mostly that we see in the midst of two or three people gathering? I was like, where two or three people are gathered, there I am, gossip in the midst. Where two or three are gathered, there am I, complaint in the midst. Our gathering has to be unto Christ for him to be there. It has to be unto Christ for him to be there. And it's important because with God, it gives us an extra power in facing the enemy. The Bible says this in Leviticus, that five will put a thousand to flight, a hundred will put ten thousand to flight. And in Deuteronomy, it talks about one putting a thousand to flight, two putting ten thousand to flight. You can see that doesn't add up, does it? If one can put a thousand, then it should be two should put a two thousand to flight. They use the simpler numbers for me. <laughs> but it's not just the same. God says that where there is unity, he commands that blessing. And so when we see this prayer of agreement or coming together and agreeing, we are actually exponentially producing results. While I pray by myself, there's this much power, but with two of us, it's not double, and I, and I understand it's God's power, don't get me wrong. But all of a sudden, as I said before, like with the footy team, everyone lifts. Because you can actually lift more yourself with this other person. You're, you're emboldened ever been in a hard situation and someone's just rung you and said, hey man, can I come and help you paint your house? All of a sudden, the two of you, it's like you get more done than if it was just two single people. There's this union together. Practically speaking, how's this going to work in your life this week? It's up to you. Really, totally up to you. It might be that you are finding it hard in a certain area. Can I encourage you to stop hiding? Remember how I just talked about how sometimes we feel embarrassed because we're not perfect Christians? And they might know this or that about us. The whole point is this, that find someone with faith itself if you're struggling. Lock in together, but make sure it's someone who actually can agree with you. They're not going to walk away and say, I don't really believe that anyway. God can't do that. 
You're wasting your time. How about you think about it with your own life? Are there some things where you're just like, you know what, I've been struggling with this by myself and you've actually never, ever asked anyone else to pray with you. You have to be trustworthy, number one. You have to be able to trust them. Number two, they have to be able to agree with you. Number three, they have to be able to stand with you. I don't know, because I'm not you. But I certainly have no problem whenever I need help with something that I'm praying with that's struggling, ringing someone, talking to Joe, my wife, and saying, can you agree with me on this? Because the prayer of agreement is very, very powerful. Father, we just thank you so much that you love us. Lord, that you are here working on our behalf. Lord, I'm just praying that you would just Help us to live for you. Lord, and not drop the ball. But Father, press in in prayer. This week, Lord, I just pray that anyone who might need someone to agree with them would find that person, that right person. And Lord, they would begin to see results as they pray together with and stand together with those that are around them. So I want to thank you for answered prayer. Thank you for testimonies of what you've done in people's life that is coming. In Jesus' name.